Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, Deep Dive with Andy and the White Whale. Welcome to the Deep Dive. Andy, happy Monday. We uh, continue our evergreen series into some of the more interesting topics regarding relatively new you know, you know, introduction to sports betting for some people um, and a deeper dive into interesting topics around sports betting for our loyal listeners. Um, how you doing today? Good. It was beautiful. The sun was out. The days are getting longer. You know, my wife's seasonal depression is starting to, which I didn't know if she really has it. She's just a downer in the winter. She's starting to perk up. <laughs> like spring is right around the corner. It's super. Spring is. Oh, it was nice. Like it, air, it's man. starting to melt here. There's yeah. people in the town's like halfway flooding because it's melting and well, the snow is covering all the storm sewers. So it's it's sloppy here, but the sun is out and I'm happy. And fuck conference tournaments, soldier on. We're six days from selection sunday we've got indian wells going on uh, another couple Dude, of good golf yeah, tournaments coming up nba is coming right down the stretch last 15 games or so shit it's it's pretty and in about three weeks we're gonna have baseball yeah so that's this right is, uh, Dude, we could, this yeah. is a super good time of year yeah we could literally do like eight or ten hours of content this week there's so much going on um this is one of three podcasts we're recording this week uh, after today's Evergreen uh, series, we are going to go into uh, a golf podcast tomorrow, which will be fun. Uh, new guests probably are, uh, you know, depending on how you measure things, maybe our most famous uh, guest to date, which is going to be exciting. Um, and then uh, another, I think we're talking to two authors this week. And then another author on uh, on Wednesday, uh, getting into strategy behind, um, you know, handicapping basketball specifically around uh, building a bracket and modeling basketball. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's going to be pretty fantastic uh, set of podcasts for deep dive folks this week, but you're right. We could be talking Indian Wells. We could be talking baseball more. Uh, I'm really starting to get warmed up on doing a baseball model this year. Um, NBA, there is literally, we, I could talk to you about NBA for an hour. Like there's so much going on. That's interesting in the world of NBA. Uh, and like you mentioned, conference tournaments in college basketball are at full swing. You've written 13, 13 previews so far, 14 previews so far. I think, it'll be, I think it'll be 15 after I get my Sunbelt and swack out tonight. Which will Okay. Be... So you've so written yeah, there's, 15 there's... previews so far. If you're listening to this and you're like, what? Andy's writing previews? Go to deepdivemedia.co, check out these previews. Andy is giving you all of the context and insight you need to bet these college basketball tournaments from the outright standpoint. And uh, so far, so good, would you say? Yeah, it's been fun. There's been a couple conferences where I got my teeth absolutely kicked in. But uh, more often than not, some of these future bets I'm placing, because I'm actually placing these. I don't just say, well, here's a fun idea. You should back this team. I'm actually putting money down on all these, which – got a little dicey because when you get like five tournaments going and none of them are finished yet and I start keeping track of units lost, you cannot be up until the tournament is finished. Like all you can do is down. 
So my long shots, my little long shots, and a few here and there, and all of a sudden I'm down like a full two units out of the gates because yeah. of, you know dead soldiers along the way. But no, it was nice. Liberty got we got a win in the Atlantic Sun. I've got both futures tonight in a different conference, which name escapes me. I believe the Southern SoCon, and yeah, I've so got a bunch, of, a bunch of things lined up so far. Where some of them are working out nice. Where I will have, if you can get somebody to the final, I mean that's enough for me. Yeah, it means right. you've done it. So, yeah. well, that's good to hear. Yeah, because last week I remember we were recording and you were like, "Yeah, I'm going to put all of my winnings out on all these conference tournaments." Oh, I was no. Like, I, you should see my face. I was like, "Good luck with that." Like, I what have, are you doing, dude? I have Sit laid out a pile full, of money. Yeah, I have laid out a full ten units already <laughs> on, Ooh, on futures. Hey, I, I feel like your staking has been pretty responsible, though. I, I gotta say, I, you know, I think you're doing you're doing some fun, interesting stuff, and. You know, it's conference. No, I'll, and I'll be, plays, I'll be dead tough, even so. after. I'll be dead even after tonight. So, okay, that's good. That's good. But yeah, you're right. It's like playing conference tournament futures is like betting it over. Like the minute you place the bet, you're losing. <laughs> like it's going to be a long time until you're winning this thing. Um, okay, all right. Let's get into uh, today's topic for the Evergreen series. Here, um, we are going to talk about uh, parlays and the cousin of the parlay, the teaser. Um, would you say that parlays and oh, they're definitely cousins? You think they're brothers, sisters? What do you what? How do you make parlays and teasers? They're definitely yeah, they're, yeah, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're very related because I mean, you know, a teaser effectively is a, is parlay with uh, alternate odds, right? I mean, like that's basically what you know at that, its core. Yeah, I'll, that's I'll, what you're doing. I, I, I should I should touch on that when we, when we get to teasers. I have something to say to the okay. international audience. But yeah, oh, let's, start start, let's start with parlays. I think yeah, I think I think something you learn. And something that we've, you know, as you move from, I want to use like Professor Shine's grading system, but I can't remember what he did. But, you know, you go from this recreational gambler where you're just, I'm betting the big games, I'm outlaying, I'm reloading my thing every week. And then you get you start to get a little smarter and all that. And you start to take notice of some things, what, what the sharper people are doing and what they're not doing, I guess, to a point. And I think one of the things you start to read here or see is that, like, parlays are sucker bets. That's parlays are how Vegas is built. That's how they build those big towers. And and I feel like it's, and maybe you'll disagree, I don't think you will, but it's kind of a pseudo-truth because I think parlays used properly can be a good tool, especially in certain facets, like, I mean, just without even getting into just parlaying a couple plus EV lines that you can find, um, some of these futures, like we just talked about, I had somebody tweet me and say, would it be better to roll, do a money line rollover, a money line open parlay with these? And I'm like, shit, I didn't think of that. That's a super good idea. And it's dumb because I do it in tennis all the time. But, um, yeah, yeah well, oftentimes, yeah, yeah. Uh, oftentimes and, and there's pros and cons, and that's a, maybe a subject for later or a different day. But oftentimes you can look at the path of a team through a tournament or a playoff system and certain books will let you do an open parlay system where you can say, I'd like to do a three leg parlay, but I only want to put one, one of the legs in today. And yeah. knowing that your last two legs, it's going to be the same team's money line over and over again. And, you know, oftentimes if you can read it right and you can do some figuring and you do the math and things don't get too squarely on you. You can take somebody who maybe had an outright price of three or four to one. And when you get done, your parlay paid five to one. 
So and yeah. that was the case. I mean, this guy, I can't think of his name. He tweeted at me. I retweeted when he when he got his win on uh, one of the conferences he did it with. But his, his number is better than mine. I want to say it was Liberty. I got like plus 275 in the Atlantic Sun. He His was over three, which oh. doesn't sound like a ton, but the pennies add up to dimes and dimes make dollars and dollars get you a Benz. That's like the entirety of my philosophy around sports betting pretty much. You got to stack the pennies. Yep. Um, stack okay. the pennies. Stack the pennies over a season. Stack the dollars over multiple seasons and you are going to be in good shape long term. Um, okay. So the um, parlays are not the devil. That's for sure. Uh, I think you make some good points. Um, but at the same time, it is a telltale sign of a recreational better in general. Uh, someone who is spraying the board with um, four or five leg parlays that have, you know, minus 110 odds, right? I mean, it's it's a pretty telltale sign of someone who's new to the betting space, who is putting $100 on a five-teamer uh, that is looking to make a huge score in a short period of time. Uh, the problem with that strategy is um, it's a low likelihood event. It's a low likelihood outcome. It is, period. And if you are putting significant portion of your bankroll on a low likelihood outcome, you are going to suffer the consequences of, uh, uh, you know, of it takes a long time to hit that one to make up for the five to 10 to 50 that lose. Right. And it, if you're doing this for fun um, and you are tired of losing money, uh, ask yourself a very serious question of what proportion of your staking you are putting on parlays. Um, because if it's, you know, if you're literally like, well, hey, you know what, I, these these five plays look good. I feel good about tonight's card. I'm going to put another a sixth unit in play, and it's going to be a parlay of these five. Um, you know, that you're, you are basically adding to your VIG in the short term. Um, and, you know, you're looking for something that only occurred what, what, what's a what we should have done some of the math and prep for this but like if you have a five team minus 110 parlay right what is the what what are the uh what are the odds that you're getting on, on payout there uh it's just just doing the math in my head it would be 1.9 to the fifth power right we're taking yep. so you're you want to know your odds on a parlay turn it into decimal odds and multiply them together so if you have five legs that are minus 110, it would be the same as a 1.9 to the fifth, which is 24.7. Yes, I do. Uh, 24. I do. I have, I have some graphic calcs, man. Um, it's a... Yeah, I just did it by hand. EU price yeah, of 25. 20, 20, yeah, 25. So that's a 24 to 1. So basically, you're putting your unit stake to win 24 and that's how most people i uh, think that get in trouble with parlays are doing it they're not putting um you know 0.1 unit to win 2.4 maybe they are uh you know and in that case you're you know it, it takes 10 cracks before you've lost a full unit on this um but basically you're you know if you're putting full units on a parlay that has um what what are, <laughs> what are what is the likelihood of hitting uh, if you have, you know, if you have a small edge on all five of those, uh, let's say that the action that the true odds you've calculated are fifty percent on each of those legs, and you're you've parlayed them together, 
um, at, uh, at point at, at, at minus one ten. Um, you know, what, what are the, what is the likelihood that you're going to hit this play? 3%, 3.1, yeah, 0.5 to the fifth. Um, yeah, it's not great. And, and actually like those are offshore odds. There are Vegas. I want to say there's Vegas odds that will only give you 20 to one on a five team. So, I mean, you do lo- you lose some value, especially if you're doing it over the counter there. It's going to be booked that only give you the 21 because you want, you want that 26 to one, 25 ish. And then yep. also just like the, 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 it goes back to some stuff we said in bankroll management too. And the stacking pennies sound boring and it's going to be luxury again, but don't be, you know, you do five plays and you have a winning day. If you do that every day, if, or if you can average, that can be your average, you know, it's going to be weird if you were always betting five things and going three and two, but if you on average went three and two, like you'd make money. That's great. That's 60%. Like that's awesome. But if you take that extra unit and bet that parlay and you go three and two and lose the parlay for a full unit, then you, you've, you've gone from a 60% better to a losing better. Not only break even, <laughs> but losing. You're a 50-50 guy who's paying the VIG and you're losing bankroll. You're, you're drowning. Yeah. So, I mean, three and two doesn't sound good. Like three and, you know, you, you, it's not something you write home about. But again, it's just... Stacking you, pennies, bank, yeah. it's, it's, this it goes to good. the whole bankroll management. Yeah, and I'm yeah. I'm not afraid to play some fun parlays here and there. But yeah, like if you're putting five units into play, putting a whole extra unit on a parlay is probably minus EV. Yes, yeah. <laughs> like even if you have an edge, on, if, you, if, you if you have, have an edge on all five, five, it still doesn't matter. It's, it still doesn't matter, right? Because here's the here's the thing. We just did the math. If you have a five leg parlay and they're all about fifty fifty, uh, you are going to win one out of every thirty two of those that is how that is how often you can expect to cash these lotto tickets the math doesn't doesn't lie you know you could get lucky and hit your first two but then guess what long term you're going to lose your next 62 of these right and so the one and actually this gets a lot of people into trouble like if you're going to hit one out of every 32 of these and you hit your fifth one, <laughs> right now you're flush with cash and you're like, Oh, I can do this. I know what I'm doing. I'm playing three it's of these co- confirmation nice. bias. I'm playing three of these. You're going to give it back so damn fast. This is, these are classic ways that they trap you and get you, you know, and, and drain your bankroll and, um, you know, just know and do the math and look at, look for yourself and look at the odds and, and, you know, just know because you know this is—it's the same with playing the actual lotto, right? Like if you go out and buy a scratcher, or if you go out and buy a lotto ticket, fine. It's not an EV decision. The Powerball has to get up to like a billion dollars before it's plus EV to go buy a lotto ticket, right? And you know yourself—you hear it quoted all the time, like you have a one in five hundred million chance of hitting this winner, right? Which means you could go out presumably and buy five hundred million tickets before you actually have, uh, you know, something in your pocket that you would expect to be a winner, right? So, you know, there, you have there's... a better chance of getting <laughs> Oprah pregnant than, <laughs> than hitting those. I mean, the, the odds are, there yes, is get huge, to work huge yeah, If you want to win that money, there's better ways to do it. Yeah, that you're Honestly, yeah she's got, yeah, she's go got cash. Pregnant. Yeah, that's right. Um, and, uh, but yeah, so, so, you know, a lot of this is just kind of, when you think about the math behind it, you might open up your eyes to this sort of thing. And, but, you know, at the same time, like this shouldn't be not fun. This shouldn't be homework. This shouldn't be, you know, you know, a, a second, you know, a second hard 
job here is, you know, you should be having fun. Just recognize that, you know, in general, if you're playing these recreationally, then you are going to, it's effectively an extra tax. It's an extra big, it's extra juice <laughs> and it's going to drain your bankroll. So now with that said, let's talk about what, when it is valuable to utilize a parlay for your advantage, because you were absolutely right in your intro when you said there are 100% ways to make parlays work for you effectively. Okay. Great way. If you are a big time better and you are finding that you have um, are coming up against the idea of limits, if you are coming up against limit betting and you cannot get enough money down on a position when you find, uh, you know, you have an edge, uh, a decent way to do that is to put it in a parlay leg. That is a good workaround for, um, you know, if you are at the top end of the betting space and, you know, it, and it is so, so are pros out there playing parlays? Absolutely, one million percent. Yes. If you have a numerical edge and you can't get enough money down on it, I guarantee you, people are putting those same legs in into parlays because you can broaden your portfolio. I guarantee it. Second, I've heard, and I'm talking to somebody who does this for a living too. They will play the shitty parlays we talked about just now on purpose. Oh yeah, you said that was my to, third one. Just, yes, just yeah, yes, just yes, just to yeah, keep yeah, their account yeah, because yeah, yeah. camouflage. Yeah, there it's camouflage. There's a certain point where you're too good, they don't want your action. So they'll be they'll be professional betters that piss away a little bit of their bankroll on long shot parlays or play in a casino on these offshores just to kind of camouflage their action a little. Yeah, so. that's right. If you and I, honestly, Andy, I would tell you to you specifically, like as you kind of take you know, take the college basketball, you know, by storm here. Like you should think about this, right? Like if you are hitting over a 250 or so sample, if you're beating the closing line consistently, if you are, you know, winning at a 60% plus clip over a, you know, over a decent enough sample size, I promise you the online book has your account profiled and flagged and they're watching you and they are waiting to turn your, you know, turn your, uh, your limit size down. If you are turn really my hurting, down. yeah, they are, they are, I promise you they are. And a great way to disguise to camouflage yourself is to, you know, give a little bit back, right? I mean, it's we talked we we've talked to professional betters who have told us stories about this sort of stuff. Um, there are professional betters out there who play NFL only as a means of kind of camouflaging that they are professionals because you know there's consent there's there's conventionalism that says the NFL is extremely difficult to beat therefore professional gamblers gamblers just stay away from it entirely but it's a good way to you know if you're if you're hitting you know 50 52% ish on NFL and giving them the book a little bit back over the course of the season it is a great way to keep your account open <laughs> if you are you know if you are in that sort of uh, you know tier of gambling space um, the third you know third third angle that I wanted to hit on this and I wanted your take on this a little bit because I've been trying to come come up with the right way to formulate this communicate this it's not easy when you have an edge on a relatively significant money line price right let's say you handicap a Djokovic match against uh, Dominic team and it's lined at minus 400 and you have him winning 95% of the time or something like that, right? You have an edge on minus 400, okay? What do you do with that edge, right? You can steer into the handicap market and try to get 
a lower price on a handicap play. You can try to find a total that is correlated with your edge on the money line, or you can suck it up and bet the money line and lay the juice. And the problem there is you are stuck with making a decision about what tolerance of risk you're willing to put on that play. Does that make sense? You're stuck. Yeah. You're stuck. What? Okay. Do I? Do I? I have an edge. It's. A, it's. A, it's telling me I should put blank percent of my bankroll on this play. Do I throw that out the window and hit this with you know to win? Uh, you know, just put a unit on this and take a quarter, or do I put four units on this and try to win one? Right. And even if you're, you know, even if you're, if you have a staking plan, if you have, if you're following like some sort of fractional Kelly or something like that. Um, it doesn't take away the fact that there is a significant risk component in outweighing as much as we're talking about here. Does that make sense? Yeah, and it's it's something you do have to. It's a long view. You have to go long view on that because there is a lot of risk, but it there isn't. Like you can say, "Oh, I might lose four units this time," but if your odds are, if your numbers are good, and you trust your odds, the you know that you're putting out with your numbers then it's not risky laying four to win one because you're going to win that way more often than you need to, to, and that may, maybe way more often, but you'll, you'll win that bet more often than you need to, to, to even up. Like if it's the same as any, I believe it's the same as anything else. Like how often do you need to win that bet? You need to win it uh, 80% of the time. Yes. Four out of five times. So you win it, you win it four times, you lose it. So it, you say 95%. If it actually, let's even say you're, you're, you're off and it only wins 90% of the time. If that bet wins 90% of the time, you'll win money. You might lose the first three and be down 12 units in a hurry. But then, you know, it might rattle off the next 38 out of 40. And and things will be just fine. So, I mean, I, I believe you need to believe in your numbers, not worry about risk like that. Because if it, if you truly have the edge... And that's the that's the tickler. You have to know you have the edge. You have to trust trust what you're doing is right. Otherwise, uh, if you win if you win those seventy five percent of the time, you're going to slowly bleed money. The problem is though. I mean, like it's the same question of do you use a full Kelly stake or do you use a fractional Kelly stake, right? If you believe in your numbers to the degree that we're talking about, and you're you know you're sharp at this, then you should be using a full Kelly, period. Right, you're going to make the most money over the long term that way. Period. Right. The problem comes into okay. Well, what is my risk tolerance here? Like, how am I? You know, if I'm if I go through a low, how do I uh, how do I go about reducing the likelihood that uh, a dip in performance over a small sample size uh, doesn't utterly crush me? Right. And in that yeah. sense, in that sense, if we're talking about edges on big numbers. Or in the case of EU odds, low numbers. Uh, I, I, I completely and totally understand the idea of using a parlay to effectively, uh, effectively couch that risk, right? Because, yes. because I mean, you, you are, you are, you know, you would potentially, you know, in, in tennis is a great example because we see this all the time, and I know plenty of sharp players who do this. This is, in my opinion, this is not a rookie move. To take two two minus two fifty plays, put them together to get you down to a about the unit. This is yeah. This is where I want to touch 
okay, go ahead, go ahead. In, in a hard way because that's true. If you think you have plus EV, if you have good odds, these these two two players are minus two fifty in the money line, which is going to come out to be just about an even bet if you put them together. That's great. You think they should both be minus four hundred? That's that's great. You parlay them together. You should win that more often than not, even enough where variance probably won't get you as far as, you know, just having enough bad luck where one one loses. You want to lose, like, when you lose one of those bets, you want to lose both in a parlay. Because <laughs> then very, you know, <laughs> over the long run, that, that'll help you. Yes, like, if one loses, you want the other one to lose, too. But uh, I, I, no, I mean, and that's true, that, but, but what I will say right. and what yeah, I see, yeah, yeah. I see the most is, now, well... <laughs> How many Take hours? Are there? How many hours are in a day? I'm gonna pop quiz on you. Twenty-four. Now, what's that based off of? Oh, <laughs> uh, twenty-four time zones around the Earth. And well, no, something it's, like it's that. because it's because uh, that's how long it takes you know the Earth to spin around on its axis. Yeah, I know, but why twenty-four and not why? Which, no, no, no. Why I'm didn't just... we subdivide it into into smaller units? Oh, I mean, I, I, I was I that's not, that's not <laughs> even I where I was going. But that. you know, that's it's like just... a, that's like a Neil deGrasse Tyson question. But go ahead. Oh, I yeah, know that's a yeah, that's a deGrasse <laughs> tweet. But um, no, it's it's arbitrary. It it's is. just it's it's the luck of the draw on what planet we we're born on. It's it's an arbitrary <laughs> amount of time based on like how long it takes a. a a heavenly body to spin on its axis. Great question. Great point. So yes. we, yet we are <laughs> so determined to make sure all our bets have to be before we go to bed or before the day is over. All our bets have to be settled. I see so many people, and they use this when they use the words "looking for a second leg" or "got to find a, a parlay partner for them." That means you don't have an edge. You're yeah. not taking two teams with an edge. You have this one is, edge. This is great, you a, great, you great. You have a great very point. good edge on one play. You're looking for something, and even worse, you're looking for a very specific one. Like, if you have a 300, you're looking for somebody around 2, 220 to make it even money. You're not thinking about plus EV at that point. You're thinking about closing your parlay, making sure it's settled, having closure on it, and it's that's a minus EV move. Yes. Like if yes. That that will get you. That'll get you every time. Uh, maybe maybe it won't. I don't know. Maybe maybe you have enough edges and enough money lines where you can make it work. But if you're doing it regularly, it will get you in the long run. That's your point. And, and that's a, that's and that's another point. Like from the beginning, as far as the pseudo sharp, the pseudo truth, the parlay is being bad. Juice, juice isn't bad. Like oh man, he's playing juice. Like th- there's cases like yeah, dipshit over here bought two points in an NFL game and they're paying minus 150 like that's bad juice but if you have a couple lines that you have value on and they're both minus 300 everything you've done you're tracking say they should be minus 600 you know so what if I mean I I would couldn't even tell you what that pays together like probably minus 150-ish I'm not sure right now Mm -hmm. yeah that's I mean yeah that's not a bad thing if you have two plays that are huge plus advantage plays in your mind with your numbers. If you think the lines are that far off, paying minus 150 isn't bad. Because if you think they should be 600, you know, that that should be like a minus 300 parlay or something. Minus 200. Maybe no better better example in the history of us doing, uh, in the history of kind of modern betting than uh, Mayweather McGregor. Yeah. Right? 
I mean, like that people were running, people who were in the know, people who had uh, a numerical edge on Mayweather in that fight, uh, and the line continued to move, uh, you know, in against Mayweather and provide even greater and even greater value, despite the fact that every professional that I've ever heard or talked to was unloading, you know, taking mortgages and unloading everything they could get their hands on, on, um, you know, Mayweather there, it still is a lot to swallow to bet minus 600. It's a, it's a lot and it's a risky play and using that as an open parlay piece across the board, uh, makes a ton of sense. So uh, open parlays as a tool is huge. Um, can you off the top of your head? Uh, I don't want to give all of this credit to, you know, one book that happens to ban some of our friends. Uh, but are there, are there offshore books that you know of that, uh, accommodate open parlays? God, I know there's another one. I want to say DSI might let you, but man, that's such a shitty book too. <laughs> Apologies, DSI, but you have a very oh, they're gonna very, come to your house and take back your koozie, man. My koozie. Oh, I'm not the only one that got a koozie, but no, that's such a clunky interface. Like, get your shit straight. Get your house in order, DSI. But no, there are a few books that offer open parlays. Not as much mm-hmm, as, mm-hmm. and it will just say like five dimes lets you do a twenty-five leg open parlay if you want. <laughs> Also yeah. tempting sometimes, but uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, there are a couple books, and I know for sure that I know of people who run with locals and use paperheads that do allow them to do that too. And I mean, yeah. the, that's gonna for the second half of it. I mean, just so I don't have to say it, this goes for teasers too. Yeah, okay. There were weeks I would not play a teaser because I only had the one leg, and okay. I didn't like the book that let me keep it open. It's great, man. It is a great open parlays as a tool is huge. Use them to your advantage as needed. Do not be afraid to leave a bet open for days, weeks, months. It doesn't matter. The uh, the last note on parlays, and this is a decent segue into teasers, is correlated parlays. There are very, 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 very effective ways of parlaying pieces together that are relatively highly correlated that can absolutely wipe away any semblance of uh of the minus ev nature that comes along with making parlays in general right there if you are talking about um a an nfl game that has a relatively high point spread and a relatively low total if you parlay that underdog point spread and that under i might have to go back and do my math on this but uh you are talking about um you know effectively uh cornering the market on a correlated outcome does that make sense yeah i mean just without even diving into the stats and and the reason we're not diving into the stats is because we're ill-prepared and we didn't prepare any but (laughs) i mean I, i think the greatest indicator that it's a plus ev move is that there are some books that won't let you do it. Oh, I mean, yeah, there, for there sure. are books that have taken away the right to go parlaying a side in total, which I think there's enough books that know there's enough people that are betting poorly, par- parlays poorly, where they'll just let you do whatever you want because they're going to bet side in total and then three other games in there too. But, yeah, uh, a low total, under, or going, going with an under, having a, a game end up with a low total in the long run is going to be more conducive to a dog covering. Yeah. So going yeah. under 
under with the dog. And boy, we should run the numbers on this. It'd be actually it's, interesting. It, it, Whale is going to write an article this week yes. about this. Yeah, that's a great call. I'll correlate parlay as an article. This sounds great. But uh, here's one off the top of my head that I know for sure exists. And that is in uh, soccer. The, uh, the both teams to score and over two and a half goals prop. Uh, the guy that I do uh, tennis uh, videos with at SBR, uh, Alex Need for Tips, uh, that's his bread and butter, man. They, you know, if you find a couple books that offer uh, soccer props and you can get your hands on that prop, that is a very, very highly correlated outcome. The likelihood uh, that uh, you see both teams score, uh, or, I mean, the likelihood that it goes over two and a half goals and it did so by means of both teams scoring when you find that, uh, you know, you find that, uh, that edge in the over, uh, if you can get your hands on that prop, it is a really, really sweet correlated parlay in my opinion. Um, have you ever seen that offered in any U S books? Um, Bavada does. It's not a, it's not something you can parlay. It's a prop. It's and a the prop. Odds right? shit. The odds are shit. I mean, yeah, oh, I, I get it. Yeah, they they, they drop the, the odds are quite quite a bit worse on the parlay prop. If you have if you have an edge, but if you it, have an edge on uh, if you have an edge on over two and a half goals and it's at like let's say one point seven one point eight eight ish, right? And then you go down, and you can probably find it correlated. You can fi- probably find it, uh, co- you know, um, uh, paired with BTTS and yeah, at like it, it what does. two two point one. It, it'll it'll depend. It'll all depend on if it's a monster favorite, then it might actually be higher because they don't think they, the likelihood of like a three zero four zero three nil. I should say if we're going to talk uh, you know Euro sports here, but yeah, I I'm not a hundred. I don't know if I'm going to fully disagree with you, but I I think it might be a minus EV move in some cases, because it's oh, one of those well, things. In some cases, I am sure. No, I and I think it's one of those things where they offer it, like they let you, they like you to do that one, because it does. It seems too easy. Like, of course, if we get three goals, they're both going to score. Yeah, I mean, but I, I do, I do like this. it. Com- you, you, I do like yeah. it compared to, uh, to just like a, if it is going to be a, a competitive game where you think you, you have an edge in the over, I can see it being plus EV compared to just betting the over. Yeah, no, nothing. He, but it's one of those things where it's just like in tennis where you. You take the you take the under rather than the underdog, or you take the under rather than the favorite, because you think it's going to be a blowout. And, oh, that one of those kids, you know, th- things happen where, where that, that happens. You know, it, it's nothing more painful than one. like the, yeah. it's four nothing at halftime, and you took over and both teams to score. It ends up five zip. Yeah, <laughs> like it's just one of those things. So I don't know. Oh, I'm gonna sure. have to. I'm gonna have to talk to some of my soccer guys on that. See if that's uh yeah. Think ruminate on. But that but it sure. is in the same vein. It is a correlated parlay. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, correlated parlays are something to keep an eye on. Uh, which brings us to teasers, which, if done correctly, can effectively be be kind of right in that category of plus EV moves. Um. Do you want to take the stage and describe a little bit uh, the uh, the the uh, the right and the wrong way to do a teaser? Teasers will always have a special place in my heart, and I haven't. I, I shouldn't say I haven't played a teaser. I did a eight leg AAF kickoff teaser because I had to because it's the first week of the AAF ever, and I had to say I did it. But uh, 
other than that, I haven't played a teaser for a while, and there's a reason because they really, 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 really shouldn't be used in basketball. And uh, to start, a teaser is a two-leg parlay or more, usually two, but it can be bigger. A lot of books will let you do 15-leg teasers if you really want to get squirrely. And it is just adjusted lines, adjusted odds. The most common one is going to be the NFL six-point teaser. So if your team is minus seven, you get them at minus one, but it has to be parlayed with something. Most books are going to pay you minus 120 on that bet. There are a few that will get you minus 110 still. So, and that's, again, like, shout out to DSI with their terrible interface and their goofy rules, but they do give me 110 on those teasers, which is lovely. Makes up a big difference over the course of a season. Um, for, I mean, for European, like, I, I talked to somebody about this once, and someone, it was that Frank, Frankie Meatballs, that Greco character, he tweeted back <laughs> at somebody and said, Frankie and he's, Meatballs. He's like, he yeah, he said I can bet whatever I want on Pinnacle and he did it's true like on Pinnacle if you if let's say the Vikings are favored by eight you can bet the Vikings at six you can bet them at three you can bet them at minus fifteen it has every it'll have like thirty different options they don't really have teasers in these European books because they don't need them they can make their own it's not something that's set up for some reason it just didn't it's an American thing so if you're in Europe understand it's just a two leg parlay that's adjusted. It's two adjusted odds. You're basically you're, you're buying yourself six points on both sides of the NFL, or God help you if you do it with the NBA or NCAA basketball, four points in the NBA, which in my mind, without even doing the math, has always seemed backwards because I can't imagine that the 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 basketball, the game of basketball, you should be getting less less of a point adjustment. I always felt like it should be more which is one reason not to do it, but also just, I mean, if we ran the math, they could show you some stuff. It's a minus EV move in the long run, doing it on anything except for NFL sides. Yeah. And I guess, yeah, just right way, wrong way. Let's, well, maybe let's we'll, nuke, we'll, we'll, let's we'll nuke, post uh, an article to this. Too. Yeah. Let's we'll, nuke basketball. We can go on for longs forever, but basically a lot of NFL games, um, because of how they score in uh, threes and sevens, the the three and the seven are a big number. They're important. They're called key numbers. If you, had, I think most people already know that. So if you can take a number and cross three and seven, like we'd said, if the line is eight, it's moving six points instead of Patriots minus eight. You're now betting Patriots minus two. You've got to cross the seven. You've got to cross the three. It's a plus EV move. There's math behind it. It's going to hit. You need to hit these teaser legs at like 72%. That's something that's going to hit. You, you got like a 5% edge every time for till the end of time. And there's even ways, and we'll, we'll, we'll put something out here on that. There's ways to even refine it even more by using the closing total and other things to refine which which teaser legs you're using. But yeah, it's, it's something, it's just another way that... Uh, Another way to bet that can be a problem if you're sitting there putting together long teasers every week. But I I think it's a great tool because oftentimes there's lines that I'm I'm absolutely looking at and like that's gonna fall into a teaser. And I made money on teasers this year. I'll make money next year. Just how it works. Okay, so let's nuke uh, basketball real quick. Um four point teaser in basketball. Okay, let's let's just say you have a two team teaser period, right? And you're 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 price on that is minus 110 okay that is the equivalent of parlaying to exactly the same uh 
plays at uh, what two sixty minus two sixty ish, roughly. Yeah. Okay. So basically, what you're saying, what you're actually doing when you're teasing is you're taking the pr- the two prices that you the two lines that you've got adjusted, and you're parlaying them together at an implied price of minus two sixty a pop. Okay. That is to say that if you took now a basketball leg, let's just use um, I don't know what was uh, uh, what was uh, Duke uh, versus North Carolina on uh, Saturday. What was the Duke line? Do you remember? They were like plus four and a half. They were like plus four and a half. Let's say you were like, well, I like uh, I like Duke, but four and a half that's going to be tight. I, I'm going to tease them out to out four points. Uh, you're getting Duke plus eight and a half. You are paying minus two sixty for that. That is crazy. You literally could put together. Uh, you could look in the drop downs probably and sell points and I'm sorry, buy points uh, on that and another play and do better uh, parlaying them together. And oh, by the way, you would have lost because they won't have lost by nine. But uh, but. You know, you can do a pretty quick check on this, which is to look at, well, if I was going to buy those same four points elsewhere, how much would it cost me? And if it costs you less than 260, then you don't even, you can stop there, <laughs> right? Um, this, and this goes for football as well, right? And how does, if you, how, how do you go about calculating your closing line value on a teaser when you play one, Andy? It's just like you said, I do the parlor math, the parlor math we did earlier. So I look at what if, when, when we get to game time, when both games have kicked off, uh, again, Patriots minus eight, tease to minus six. What would it have cost me to bet Patriots minus two, or tease to minus two, rather? What would it cost me? I take that price, and let's say the other line was, oh, Ravens plus two and a half. I teased them out to eight and a half. What would it cost me to bet the Ravens eight and a half? I take those two numbers, I parlay them together, I get a price, and I compare it to the minus 110 I paid. And I will tell you, it might not be the truest CLV because you cannot have – just for some reason, you can't. You can't have negative CLV in a teaser for some way. <laughs> like they're, they're, always, they're always a nice size closing line value. Every time. Maybe it's just the ones I bet. I don't know. But it's a small sample <laughs> size because like, I only did it this year. But it, it, before I even got to it, I knew, like, I'm getting a better price than I should on this every time. Yeah, it's and, it's phenomenal. That that in and of itself is, it's so such a powerful indicator. It's incredible, really. I, I you know, and there's probably there's probably ways to scale this up and scalp and stuff that I haven't really thought through all the way. Maybe yeah. not. But and but, I, I, uh, I do want to touch incredible. on quick a, a Twitter comment that I just thought of this because I feel like a shithead now. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> joke, as somebody asked me what I do during the March Madness because I don't bet the big conferences and there's going to be a lot of that eventually. <laughs> and I said, I go to Vegas. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> somebody said, well, and I said, you know, I'll be putting plays out if I have anything because there's the NIT and whatever. And I said, and, you know, it'll probably be a some giant round robins and whatnot too, some degenerate round robins. Like, so I actually sat and explained to somebody what a round robin was today, which was probably a disservice to that person. Cause now they're going to bet it, which is, <laughs> I mean, without getting too deep into it, it's just a way to bet like 11 parlays at once or more. 
don't uh, don't get to, don't get too deep into that world. We've we've both delved into it. We've delved down that honey hole before. Yeah, you can you can bury yourself pretty damn fast there. But I will um, say, and I, yeah. I will be on the record. You take all all four twelve seeds in March Madness. You take them. You put them on the money line, and you round robin that, and you bet it eleven ways from Sunday. And if you get the first two in, you you cash them because you can start betting against yourself pretty easily from there. Hmm, that's a good talk. I, I like that angle. That's fun. No, I, I I think I do that almost every year if I can remember. Oh, I like that. Um, okay. Any other uh, final thoughts on uh, teasers? And yeah, I guess um, I guess Wong teaser. You said um, you need to hit a long term. I mean, you know, for any football teaser. You need a leg that has an expected break-even win percentage of seventy-two percent. Something like yeah, something along those lines. I'm gonna have to find okay. that. We'll have an article for that. And all numbers are not created equal. That's a pretty clear and obvious statement. In fact, there you can go back and look. Going back to 1989, uh, if you tease certain numbers, you only hit sixty to sixty-nine percent of the time. In fact, a whole bunch of them I'm looking at in a row. Minus five, minus four and a half, minus four, all the way down to zero. All of these hit at a 63 to 69% clip long term. So does that mean I should ever be teasing in the range of minus five to zero? Yeah, no, and when they're when they're talking about that, they're talking about the single leg. So hitting at 69, 70%, that sounds good, but that's a single leg. That's a problem. Yeah. To break even on a single leg at minus 110 is 72.3. To break even at minus 120 is 73.8 on a, when you're betting single legs. If you're doing seven-point teasers, usually minus 130, you have, to, you have to hit 75% of your single legs just to break even. So things can get, things can get real shitty even if 70% of those legs are hitting. So I will I will say the six point teaser, if you go back and do the math, you can hit 75, 76, 77 percent long term doing it right. And and like we just said, the, the break even there's 72. So if you can give yourself a four or five percent edge long term, it's it's not a bad play. Teasers okay. teasers take I think teasers take just as much shit as uh, as parlays sometimes. Man, I love them. Okay. Is it a fair rule to say never tease across zero? Yeah, don't don't tease across zero. In fact, okay. only tease across seven and three. There's a little bit of an argument to tease across ten and seven at the same time. Plus, plus ten, but it's less. Yeah, ten plus ten. Cro- oh, you can. Yeah, going over teasing going across, across ten and 10, seven. You can. Yeah. Well, seven. If you can cross seven and ten in the same fell swoop. Yeah. That's what so. Okay, so the the mat the sweet spots as I see them the the key and obvious sweet spots are between minus eight and a half and minus seven. Yep, and then between seven, seven and a half, eight, one eight and, and two half. and a half. For me, yep. for me, it's S- just six numbers. Okay, it's one and a half, two, two and a half, seven and a half, eight, eight and a half. Those six numbers, six point teasers, either down or up. I got across seven, I got across three, and I have to do it in six points. That's okay. almost the only things I'll be betting. I did bet one six and a half point teaser, I think, earlier in the year. But I can tell you, yeah, the minus one tens for me. I can tell you looking at six point T's performance going back to 1989, uh, the numbers would also support you teasing minus seven. They would also support you teasing one plus one. Uh, and 
amazingly, four and a half and five are also very, very, very um, reliable long term. Uh, and granted, a lot of this is when you know when when the uh, extra point was a chip shot. Um, and you know, we know we're kind of in a new world where extra points aren't always being made and teams are electing to go for two points more, whatever, blah, 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 blah. We haven't seen anything to tell us that, that, that any of this is challenged to this point. Is that fair? I, I haven't seen, I, I've actually run the numbers for the past couple of years. There hasn't been a big change. Uh, I think the, the extra point, the two point conversion, all that hasn't really affected it a whole lot. Okay, that's Game, good. Games aren't games. Games aren't falling so out of whack with uh, with that range that it's going to affect this. You know, you know, a five percent kind of whack off the top. That's just not going to happen. Okay, they'd have that's to really to change the rules up. That's good to know. Um, okay, the uh, last question: Do you have you ever done three team teasers? Have you ever done sweetheart teasers? Stay away from those entirely. Oh, yeah, of course I have. I don't anymore. <laughs> Why yeah, is sweetheart, sweetheart teasers so suspect? Oh, that's bad. Like some of those, they'll they'll call it a loss on a on a on a push. On like a draw. Yeah, push that is call, that right? is the that is the telltale of a sweetheart teaser. If yeah. you push one of your legs, you lose. It's absolutely brutal. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool, man. Um, let's uh, let's wrap this up this was pretty freaking ideal i think the the key uh point here to make going back to kind of square one parlays are useful tools uh however you have to absolutely do the math uh and understand uh what they're doing to your bankroll um and what they are um you know how, how your edge reflects what you're playing uh, and uh, yeah, don't be afraid to to use open parlays as a useful tool to to help uh, broaden your portfolio. And it's almost like a running gag with myself about an article about teasers because I I had all these numbers and I put all this time into it and I just never released it. It's like three quarters done since like last August. I'm gonna put something out before the season about my teaser plan. I just got busy last summer. Things get busy. There's a lot more time this year, so I'm gonna. I'm actually gonna lay that out a little, a little more clearly about how I play my teasers and some other ways you can be doing it outside of my basic strategy too. Good stuff, man. Because I think, I think it's, I think it's something people should be looking at more when they get into NFL betting. I like that. I like that a lot. Um. All right, man. Well, let's wrap this up. Let's let's get it up for the people, and uh, let's talk some golf tomorrow. Sound good? I like it. All right, take it easy, buddy.